Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Three words for you. Vision, barbecue, Sunday. Vision, Sunday, barbecue, Sunday, and it's Sunday. Today is Sunday. It's going to be a really, really, really good day. We're going to talk about the vision of this church, New Life Manitou, and then afterwards, it's going to be a little shorter of a sermon. Don't, don't applaud that. Don't applaud that. And then we're going to go outside. We have a barbecue. We have all the fixings. It's, it should be a really good Sunday. We are not deviating from the Nehemiah sermon series that we are in, but rather we're going to take this book of Nehemiah, which is a, this is not a trick question, book of Nehemiah about a guy named Good job, class. And so we'll take his story and kind of parallel it with the story of New Life Manitou because both stories have a calling, have a vision, have the Lord interceding uh, for the people so that there is success. So today's sermon, lots of you take notes. If you're taking notes, write down the title of this sermon, which kind of gives it all away. I spend a lot of time thinking through the title and what it is I'm going to be speaking about. I usually just try to speak about one thing and make it very clear. So the title of this sermon is The Vision of Our Church. It's New Life Manitou. Look around. This is us. The vision of our church is to make disciples by calling them to worship, connect, and to serve. And as we look at the story of Nehemiah, we see this person who was kind of just an average Joe. No pun intended. My name is also Joe. I'm not offended by that. But he was not. What I mean by that, he was not a priest. He was not a monk. He was not uh, a king. He was not a prophet. He was seemingly an average person that, was, that had a position of authority. He was very close to the king. And he hears back that his hometown is in, has been decimated. The walls are down. The, the gates have been burned with fire. They're susceptible for enemies to come in and to attack them. When he hears this news, he weeps, he comes up with a plan, the king and he have a conversation, and he is sent into this land, into his homeland that he's never been to, to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, to get things in order so that the city can thrive. He is a rebuilder in Jerusalem, and we, New Life Manitou, in in a similar way, we are rebuilders in the city of Manitou, doing God's good work here so that we can praise God, so that we can connect, so that we can serve this great city of Manitou in the west side. So that's the sermon title. The vision for our church is to make disciples by calling them to worship, connect, and to serve. Let's read a little piece of Nehemiah. Would you stand with me and turn in your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 6? It's a little less than halfway through the book of Nehemiah. We see that the walls are done. So Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15, and we're just going to read two verses, 15 and 16. Listen to these words, Nehemiah six fifteen. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul, that's a month in the Hebrew calendar, in 52 days. Verse 16, when all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Christ is in our midst. Let's pray. God, we thank you that that you gave Nehemiah years ago success, that he had a vision planted in his heart by you. And we look back and we thank you for that success. And Lord, we look around today. 
We look around in Manitou. We look at New Life Manitou and say, Lord, thank you that there's, there's been a vision for New Life Manitou. Thank you, Lord, that there has been success. Thank you, Lord, that we could thank you for all that you've done among us. So, Lord, we praise you this morning. We worship you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people shouted, Amen. Amen. Well, let's, let's continue this story of Nehemiah. He's a guy just like anybody else, and he is someone who is close to the king. Does anybody remember his job title? He's a cupbearer, which, which I have a hard time like wrapping my mind around someone who's just like, this was like a bartender. Was he just someone who like got some drinks? Was he like the, I don't know, what was he doing exactly? I don't really know. I don't know that there's a, an equivalent in the ancient world to today. Although some people have said, you know, it could actually be more like a cabinet member, someone who was close to the king, speaking to him, interacting with him. It was someone with a very high position, not just someone on the sideline getting drinks every once in a while because he has conversations with the king. And so he hears word back that Jerusalem is in disarray. God speaks right to his heart, which is a way that if you think about your own life and how God speaks to you, I would say that God often, like when he's speaking to me and it's right to the heart, like I just start, like I get emotional. I start crying either happy tears or sad tears because it's like God is speaking right to my heart. In this case, Nehemiah cries sad tears that the city has been decimated, and he starts thinking up of a plan. We find in this story, chapter 1 and chapter 2, where it's a couple months pass, and Nehemiah comes up with a plan. Like the Lord gives him a plan, a vision, an idea to go back to Jerusalem, although he's never been there, but it is the capital of his people, his land. So he goes to Jerusalem, and he sees the walls. That was last week's sermon. He sees the walls. He goes out in the dark, and he sees the destruction for himself with his own eyes, and then makes an announcement this should not be. These walls should not be torn down like this. It's funny because Jerusalem had houses. They had kind of a makeshift temple. And yet the walls were in disarray. You would think that the walls would be first and then you would start building on the inside. But instead, it seems a little backwards. The walls are in disarray. The walls are bringing shame upon Jerusalem because they're their enemies are right on the horizon. We find out in chapter four that they were right on the horizon and Nehemiah told them, as you work, work with a weapon in one hand and, and doing your work with the other hand because the enemies are right there. But this plan that Nehemiah has to rebuild the temple, it's an idea, it's a calling, it's a vision. He's able to communicate that. And guess what? People join in and he is able to accomplish this feat in 52 days. It's amazing. It's probably in world history, the only time ever that a construction project had been done on time. I don't know of any other construction project. That one was done on time. 52 days. Think about how, like, how big, if you've been to Jerusalem, the old city walls and how, how, like, wow, that is quite the accomplishment for just regular people. They must have caught on with that vision that the Lord gave to Nehemiah. Now, as we parallel this with New Life Manitou, I want to show us that, that, well, the Lord has given us a vision. The Lord has given us a calling. There's things to rebuild, not literal walls, but things to rebuild in our world in this day and age that we as a church are called to do. 
And that is to make disciples. Our, our vision, our why we exist statement of New Life Church is to make disciples. And I wonder if that's what Nehemiah saw as well, like in this ancient world of if we could only get people who will jump in and help with this wall building, then it'll get done. And I see as a pastor, like if we, if we could only build more disciples and the disciples that we have, if they could grow and become even better disciples, like daily we, we are becoming better disciples, then we will make more disciples. And by making more disciples, like we'll carry out the work of God in this world because this world is dark, it's broken, it needs rebuilding, amen? And that's where we find ourselves in this role. So here's once again the title. I've already given you the title. I'm gonna read it again to remind us. But the vision of our church, New Life Manitou. In fact, New Life Church. We're we're one church with eight different congregations and we find ourselves this morning at New Life Manitou. And the vision of all of New Life is to uh, make disciples by calling them to worship, connect, and to serve. And some of you have heard these words before. Hopefully, you've heard me speak about this before. And hopefully, the whole idea of a Vision Sunday is maybe a little silly because it's like, well, don't we do that every Sunday? Yes, we do. I think every Sunday we are a group of people that not only we make disciples, we worship, we connect and we serve, but, but we talk about it. We talk about stories and we talk about what the Lord is doing. So hopefully in a way this is like a big picture reminder of what the Lord is doing among us and like a, a kind of just like a let's go get them now. Let's, let's look at this vision for the future as we serve together at New Life Manitou. So let's break down these three words, worship, connect, and to serve. What do these words mean? We'll first define them, and then I'll give you some examples, and then we'll go outside and have a barbecue. Sound good? Okay, good. Worship, connect, serve. I think we kind of get the gist of the definitions of these words, but, but we make disciples by calling people, first and foremost, to worship. Now, we just got done, we could say, worshiping, Right? You could say it like that. I think in our culture today, the American church, most people refer to worship as just the song portion of a service, which is kind of one of my pet peeves. You know what a pet peeve is? It's something that kind of bothers you and it really shouldn't bother you because we know as New Life Manager, you've heard me speak on this, Erica, our worship leader, that worship is not just singing songs, right? Right? Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is, is what we get, get up and we pray and we seek the Lord and we read scriptures. And, and like right now, we could say this whole service is a worship service. Not just the music, not just praying for a missionary, not just studying scripture, but the whole service is worship. Our whole lives should be worship. It is giving our praise, our adoration, our attention to the Lord. And when we make disciples, how we go about do that, how, how we go about thinking about that is we call people to worship worship with their life. So we worship, we connect, and we serve. This piece about connection is that we as a community, we, we don't do things on our own. We connect with one another. We do ministry together. We do life with one another. The whole idea of like being a disciple, like out on your own, like a lone ranger is just silly. Like that's not how we see Christianity. We see Christianity and our faith as something we can do corporately. We connect with one another. We worship, we connect, that's very important, and we, the final word, worship, connect, serve. Good job, class. We serve. We serve first and foremost uh, our families, our church. We, we kind of out, go out from there and say well, we serve the, the city, the region. We send people into the world as missionaries, and, and so that's how we, we serve. We find ways 
of serving, like, like caring for the needs of others. That's how we go about making disciples because disciples are people that rebuild. Disciples are people that are called to make things better. Disciples are people that are called to serve. So that's a quick definition of each one of these words, worship, connect, and to serve. And we could end the sermon here and just kind of high five each other and say, yeah, that's, that's what this church is all about. We make disciples. We worship, connect, serve. Let's go have a barbecue. But I think some, some of us would be like, well, well, what does that actually mean? And I think there's one thing to give a definition of a word, and there's another thing to give an example of what it is that we do. So I want to take the rest of the sermon and give a few examples of what it is we do. Like, what do you mean you make disciples and you call them to worship, connect, serve? We've defined those things, but what exactly does that mean? Can you give an example? Yes, let's talk about that. And I think one of the best ways to talk about a vision for, for an organization or for a church like we're in is to, to, to say the vision, to define the vision, and then to break down examples. And, and what I'm going to do this morning is to like, well, what are we doing today to accomplish this vision? What are we doing this week to accomplish this vision? If we were to zoom out and look at a month, what are we doing in a month to accomplish the vision? If we were to zoom out and look at a year, well, what are we doing in a year to accomplish this vision? And finally, before we close today, I'll say, well, what is our vision like looking forward at like 20 years from now? What does that vision look like? Can you give an example of what that looks like? So that's what we're about to do. So what are we doing today? Are we doing anything today to worship, to connect, or to serve? Everybody should be, nod your head, right? Like we're in church, right? What, we just worshiped the Lord with music. And then we worshiped the Lord by sending a missionary and praying. We're worshiping the Lord right now with the studying of scripture. And this to me, like this is really exciting stuff. Sundays to me are really fun. Like I think about like, like the, the excitement I had as a kid. Does anybody remember this little candy called a fun dip? A fun dip is like the best candy in the world if you're like 15 or younger because it's a, it's a hard sugar stick that you open up packets of powdered sugar and you take a sugar stick and you dip it into powder, then you lick it and eat it. It's sugar dipped in sugar. And as a kid, I was like, this is the most exciting thing. I remember going to my parent with my parents to like movie theaters and I got to get a fun dip. And in my head, that's like, that's the best. Like that was awesome. And nowadays I've kind of outgrown the fun dip thing. I think if I was to have a fun dip, I would probably go into a sugar coma and maybe pass out and get diabetes on the spot. So I've grown out of the fun dips. And to me, like when I think about like a weekly excitement, I think about church. I think about bringing my family here and what goes on here. Like this is just an exciting place. And it's not just exciting, like fun, like fun dip, but I take this really, really seriously. I think that what is going on here is just amazing and awesome. And the things we are seeing amongst us, it's, it's beautiful. And so let me give you uh, this scene from a movie. I'm going to say the movie, and it's, I think it's rated R. So this is not a movie like, yo, Joe said to go home and watch it. I'm not saying go home and watch it. I'm referring to a scene within a movie. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. I think there's quite a bit of language. But all that aside, I was just watching it for research. 
It's a movie called, uh, some of you have seen the movie Chef. Anybody see the movie Chef? It's like a little a foodie movie. Uh, it came out 2014 about a guy who's a dad and is a chef and he runs a food truck. It's very inspirational. And he has a son who he's, he's kind of uh, just, he's not around his son. And the son comes to live with him. Do I have the, the gist of the movie right? It's been a long time since I've seen it. But this one scene stands out where the chef, the dad, is in the, the kitchen with his son, and they're running this really high-end food truck where they're making these Cuban sandwiches. And the, he's teaching his son like how, what he loves about cooking, and the son's kind of getting into it. The son burns the sandwich. Really no big deal. That kind of thing happens in the kitchen. But then the son says, hey, we could serve this sandwich, the burnt one, to, to the people. And the, and the dad's just like, whoa, we need, to, we need to talk for just a second. So they go out. They get out of the food truck and there's this little scene like with the father and the son where, where the dad says, are you bored in there? And the son's like, no, no, I, I, I like it. And the dad says, well, I love it. And everything good in my life that has come in, into my life has been with food and taking food seriously and taking this serious. And, and, and they talk for a little bit about like the idea of serving a burnt sandwich. Like that, that's, that's not what we're about. Like this is so... Serious, and and I think of that like I, I wonder if sometimes Christians, um, and maybe I've been here at different points in my life, Christians that are just kind of moping around, like they would say, "Oh, we're just bored in church. We're just putting up with church." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Like I love this. Like I see." spiritually dead people come alive. I see darkness fleeing. I see people getting baptized. I see disciples being made. I see week after week missionaries being sent out. I see week after week disciples being made. I see the Lord at work. Amen? And, and this is like, this is the most fun and the most serious thing that I can think of. Like so, what is happening in these church services? So are we doing anything today to, to, to make disciples? Yes, yes, we are. We are studying the word. We are worshiping. We are about to go out and have fellowship. Like the idea of a potluck uh, kind of barbecue thing is because like, let's have fellowship with one another. Let's eat a meal together on one of the last days of fall that we probably can. It's all about to turn. So let's, let's enjoy each other's company. Let's enjoy the weather. Let's have good conversations with the barbecue. Like it's, it's, we're thinking through our lives together and living them. And then I think about like, okay, what's going on? That's today. Great. We got a, it's Sunday. It's a, it's, a, it's a barbecue. Great. That's good. We're doing something today. Well, what are we doing this week? Well, this week, I know that to serve, for instance, uh, the, the men's ministry was all texting each other yesterday saying, hey, let's help. There's a family in our church that needs to move some stuff for, into storage. Said, let's help them bring their stuff to storage. And they're like, oh, I get to be a part of this. We're a church that serves each other. We're a church that serves outside. This is a little uh, test for you to see if you get the emails and you read the emails. But my wife, Erica, sent out an email on Friday, Thursday. I got the email. I was paying attention. Thursday, and it said that we have a serve opportunity with uh, Cause I Love You, C-O-S, I Love You. They, they take on these projects. And Manitou Elementary School said, we would love to have this organization come in and help paint the, the women's restroom and to turn over some mulch on the Manitou Springs Elementary School, uh, the, the back uh, park area. And we just need volunteers. And so we as a church have signed up. So that's this Saturday. Go back and read your email. If you didn't get the email, fill out 
one of those guest cards because our church is doing projects. We are serving in our city. So that's like this week. This week, we the men, any, any of the men go golfing, any of the golfers? We went on, it was, it was like 15 of us on probably the worst weather. It was raining and we went mini golfing and it was awesome. Like we connected with one another. We're seeing amongst us connections and people serving and we're worshiping and we're seeing disciples being made. We zoom out and look at like a month and we just, uh, we're, we're, uh, we just had our men's retreat. We all went camping together. The men were sharing. They were vulnerable. They cried together. It was a beautiful representation of men living their lives together and serving God together. I think about this, this year and how we're going to continue with a middle school ministry. Our hope is to start a high school ministry very soon. It's Right now, it's a hope. It will become a vision very soon. Uh, I think about uh, more missionaries being sent. Uh, just to give you, uh, it's, it's already it's in the making right now, but in June, I believe myself and another uh, team leader will lead a team from New Life Manitou and we'll open it up to the rest of the congregations in June to lead a mission trip to Nicaragua where we will, it's a house-to-house ministry where we will knock on doors, not cold calls, but like someone who has signed up and asked uh, a group from the church to come speak to them and pray with them uh, and tell them about who Jesus is. We're gonna be a part of a team that goes door-to-door and knocks on houses to have spiritual conversations and lead people to Christ. So that's in June. Like, like we look at this year, we're like, wow, we're, we're doing a, quite a bit to make disciples in the Pikes Peak region by calling them to worship, connect, and to serve. We hope to do a women's retreat coming up in 2023. We have... Um, our kids camp that we did this summer, we'll do that again as a way of serving our community and bringing kids in and put on a completely free kids summer camp and go all out like we did last year with fun and food and the big, we had those big uh, bounce houses and things. And so these are different ways to serve our city. We're, we're this, one of the sayings is that we are in the city for the sake of the city. So that's kind of a picture of, of New Life Manitou in the, like the, the coming year, the coming months, the coming weeks, and even today. But what about this 20-year vision? Let me uh, talk to you about that, and then we will receive communion together, and then we will, uh, we, we will enjoy a, a barbecue and the fellowship with each other. But I think about like a 20-year goal. I think about and what it would take to be consistent, to continue making disciples worship, connect, and serve. And through the years, through the decades, and have a 20-year, 30-year, 50-year like end goal of like Manitou continuing to do these things. And I think about just how important that is. I think about my own life and the giftings God has given me. If you know me pretty well, I think you would say, yeah, Joe's not the kind of guy that's just always moving on to something. What's the next cool thing? Joe's doing that. I think, and I would hope that, that I'm someone who is consistent and loyal and steadfast and like puts my heart and and mind as as a leader in one direction and keep going in that direction because when we do that when we have a long obedience in the same direction then we could start seeing real fruit like where trees are 50 200 feet tall giving fruit for the next generation and i think there's a real call upon this church to keep going in the same direction for years and years and years to come amen, amen. would you stand with me i'm going to pray over us the band can come up we're going to speaking about consistency we're going to receive communion together there's uh, in your baskets down by your chairs our little communion uh, cups with the with uh, with the bread on top. I want you to get those out, 
And uh, Brett's going to lead us to the table in just a second. But I want us to take a moment and pause and, and think about this consistency through the years. To think about like, like being loyal and faithful to the Lord and calling disciples and making them. So Lord, we, we call upon you in this moment right now. And Lord, we want you to be glorified. Lord, we could talk all we want about success and our own uh, vision. But Lord, it's, it's all about you. You are the one who grants success. You are the one that even the enemies around Jerusalem saw the walls being rebuilt. And the enemy said, this, this, is, this is too wonderful of a thing. Surely the Lord has been with these people. And Lord, I pray that that would be true of New Life Manitou, that, you would, that we would say, that people on the outside would say, surely the Lord is with this church. So Lord, we, we do what we do every week. We, we go before you and say, Lord, you're the one in control. You are the one that, that breaks your body and gives it to us. So Lord, we, we take a moment of pause right here in this service. And we say, Lord, we, we prepare ourselves to receive you. You're the, you're the only thing that matters. You're the only one that, that uh, gives yourself for us. You're the only one that gives true grace and love. So Lord, we look to you right now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so friends, if you've got your elements, I invite you to go ahead and prepare them. If you didn't grab them, they're in uh, baskets that are near each of the rows of chairs. You can go ahead and prepare those. This is the moment where we come and we remember what kind of God we worship, the God who is worthy of worshiping connecting with and serving the God who connects with us while we are still sinners, who gives his own life to us. So we remember that on the night our Lord Jesus was handed over to suffering and death, he took bread, and having given thanks, he shared that bread with those who would follow him, with those who are hungry for him, with those who want life. And he said, take, eat. This is my body and it's for you. As often as you do this, remember me. So Jesus, we remember you. We remember who you are, that you are self-giving love to the core. We confess our sin. We confess that we are not. There are so many ways that we are not love. We ask that you would fill us up with your love for the first time, perhaps, and once again, refresh us and renew us and fill us up with your with a fresh portion of your spirit that we may know your love and extend it to those around us. You may receive the bread. Likewise, when supper was over, he took the cup and having given thanks, he shared that cup with his disciples and he said, take, drink. This is my blood of the new covenant and it's poured out for you for you for the forgiveness of sins as often as you do this remember me and so Jesus we remember you what you did so long ago but also who you are right now you are the God who washes away our brokenness washes away our rebellion washes away all of our um, all of our stain all of our sickness and you make us new you promise that you're giving us new life and you promise that our future is good 
we ask that you'd give us faith to believe that this morning. You may receive the cup. So Jesus, we love you. Thank you that you always, always, always love us. We pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen and amen. Let's worship, friends. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands, my name is written on his heart.
Lord, we thank you for all the blessings you've given to us. Lord, we, the idea of grace is that we don't deserve it, but Lord, you, you continue to bless us and give us. And Lord, what will we do with all the blessings you've given to us? Lord, we, we pray we will lift up the cup of your salvation and we will call upon your name. So though we do that as a church, we lift up your cup of salvation. And we thank you and praise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people at New Life Management said, amen. Well, if you would like to be prayed for, myself, Brett, a prayer team uh, will be up here. Come forward, receive prayer. If you're new or newish, if, you, if you're not sure you get the emails, fill out one of the visitor cards with as much or as little information as you want to give us. Give it to some people at the back table as you leave. We have a gift for you this morning. And don't go anywhere. Don't leave for a couple reasons uh, because we want to eat and share a meal together. So don't leave the parking lot or else you hit some kids. So you ha- everyone has to stay and eat. We're ending a little early so that we can stay and have a barbecue meal with one another. So let me bless you as you go. Let me pray over the food as you go so we can go right outside and then down to the left and we can share a meal together. Lord, we thank you and praise you for this day. Lord, I pray that we will be blessed because, Lord, you are the one that blesses us. Lord, we thank you for this Sunday. We thank you for this food and this meal we get to share together. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Go in peace.